Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. And the show we did two weeks ago with our special guest co-host, Tim Swartz, is still, to some degree, echoing in my ears, listening to Ralph Blumenthal, the former New York Times reporter, and how well he's become acquainted with the UFO field. Did that surprise you, Tim? A little bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, it just shows what a good investigative reporter he is because, I mean, he he did his homework. He really delved into the topic. Uh, I've seen a lot of reporters over the years just kind of give a cursory nod to the subject and then go back to, you know, chasing ambulances or, you know, whatever's going on at the courthouse. It, It pleases me that there are still... Uh, journalists out there who will really go that extra nine yards to learn about their subject. Yes, indeed. But spending 17 years <laughs> writing that bio of Dr. John Mack, that to me says this is more than just writing a book. This is real dedication because he became basically a part of the UFO field as much as he doesn't want to be called a ufologist. Right. Well, I can't blame him for that because, you know, face it, that term ufologist has baggage, you know, unfortunately, uh, because many people believe, you know, when you say ufologist, that means believer rather than, you know, somebody who does research on the subject. That always chafes me. People are always asking me, oh, so, you know, you believe in UFOs. As I, you know, I have to explain all over again. No, I don't necessarily believe in UFOs. I'm interested in the subject. So, yeah, I can see why you know, he doesn't want to be called a UFOlogist. Well, I just wonder what you call people now that they use the acronym UAP. A UAPologist? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> We have to come up with, you know, a whole new terminology for, you know, people who are interested in the subject but aren't necessarily in one camp or another or in any camp. They're just, you know, interested in finding out what's going on. Well, like me, they can call themselves freakologists. There you go. I like that. (laughs) Well, you know, but just think of it this way. With UFO, it's often UFO. That's why I say instead of ufologist, I'll say ufologist. But with UAP, is it UAP? (laughs) UAP. I am a a UAP investigator. Say what? (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't quite have the same ring as saying UFO. Uh, (laughs) You know, the old uh, science fiction uh, TV show, UFO, uh, they always referred to it as UFOs. Well, at least they're doing it the proper way. Our guest this week, though, has nothing to do with UFOs unless she has something to tell us. Shannon Taggart is a professional photographer with lots of big credits in her resume. And she went on a journey, a spiritualist journey. Shannon, before we get started with that, we're happy to have you on the Paracast. I know that Tim has talked to you before, but I'm really interested here before we go on. Have you any interest in UFOs or UAPs or flying saucers? I am interested in UFOs, but I I kind of stay away from the topic because I feel like it's the most complicated issue in all of paranormal study. And 
It is true, though, that a lot of mediums have had UFO or um, alien experiences as well. So it does really connect with spiritualism in a variety of ways, even though that might seem surprising. Well, there's a suspicion here that a lot of it's caused by the same source. Well, um, I think, you know, George Hansen, he's a, a friend and um, a scholar who has helped me quite a bit in my own work. You know, he wrote this book, The Trickster and the Paranormal. And yes, when we he know gives, George. He's been a guest on the show. Yeah. Okay, great. So George uses this graph to talk about the paranormal and it it's uh, he's talking about liminality and how the paranormal is all about opposites so in between life and death you have near-death experiences and mediums in between heaven and earth you have angels and ufos and he goes on this list but in the middle he draws these arrows between bigfoot ufos mediums fairies uh, to say that it's all really interconnected in the middle even though um they don't seem to be they seem to be separate well of course they have like they call a unified field theory to accommodate that but let's just put that away here you've got a book out which pretty much sums up the content if you look at the title and i'm seeing that it's seance spiritualist ritual and the search for ectoplasm. Now I'm thinking of Ghostbusters. Yes. So Dan Aykroyd wrote the foreword for my book. So um, that might be why Ghostbusters came to mind. Uh, Yeah, the book came out in fall 2019. It's currently out of print, but it's going to be reissued this fall 2022 by a new publisher. So I'm really excited about that because it's sold out and it's been out of print now for almost, I guess, two years. I'm excited to get it back into print. We're going to talk about your journey. Just talking about Ghostbusters, as many of our listeners know, Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters, the sequel, Ghostbusters 2, and is the father of of the director of another Ghostbusters movie, and he died recently. Yeah. Yeah, I was sad to see that. It's such a great film, and he was a wonderful filmmaker. And if you look at his credits, it's not just comedic films. It's a lot more. any case, Shannon, what led you to this journey, spiritualism? Where did it start from? Well, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, which is in upstate New York, and it's near to a place called Lilydale, New York, which is a small town that's home to the world's largest spiritualist community. And when I was a teenager, my cousins, my older cousins would go to Lilydale and visit and go to message services there. Now, a message service in Lilydale is when you anonymously go to either their auditorium or they have a beautiful forest temple. And they actually have several areas with benches in in the forest where you can get messages. And you sit anonymously, and the medium stands at the front, and she picks people out of the audience, and or, or he, and gives messages. And so my cousin went to one of these services, and a woman told her details about my grandfather's death that none of us knew, and they proved to be true. It kind of shocked my entire family, and I remember this very vividly. You know, I think I was probably about 16, and I just thought to myself, how could a total stranger possibly have known this? None of us knew knew this. It was kind of this 
you know, family secret. My father hadn't even told my mother, which was that, you know, my grandfather, he was dying of brain cancer, but he actually died from a choking accident in the hospital and not from the cancer. But we were never, it was never talked about or shared. Those details in this medium reported this to my cousin and uh, she did research and found out it was true. That's interesting because quite often we have mediums who use cold readings or learn something about members of their audience. But when somebody has something about a deceased family member with secrets, that is definitely something weird. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm aware of the cold reading theory and, you know, sometimes I've even seen readings where, okay, maybe it starts out like it could be a cold reading, but then it takes a turn. So I don't, I don't think that those things are necessarily distinct. I think they can cross over. I mean, there's a theory in, um, yeah, the, the Kenneth Batchelor had the theory about artifact induction, which is when you kind of prime the pump for para, for phenomena, where you kind of, you know, go through the motions of pretending something, and then something real happens. I'll Shannon, we got to do our break here, and then we'll continue with this okay. with Gene and Shannon and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You trust your mother, right? She's always taken care of you and always tried to give you good advice when you ask for it. And sometimes even when you don't. Well, even though she might not mention it, mom very likely has neck, back, and shoulder pains. And she needs relief. So trust this good advice. Give back to mom this Mother's Day with quality products from Sunny Bay. Like our disposable heat patches. They're back in stock now and target neck and shoulder pain in adults of all ages. Or our extra long neck heating pads. They provide soothing relief to painful sore necks and backs. Mom can heat them in her microwave and they come in a variety of colors and patterns. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews on Amazon when you search Sunny Bay Heating Wraps and shop now in time for Mother's Day. There's no shipping delays from Sunny Bay. Find us on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, and sunny-bay.com. Remember, just search for Sunny Bay Neck Wraps. Order now because stock is high and shipping is fast from Sunny Bay. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs? Truck drivers? law enforcement, and many other hard-working people just like you, buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-5357. 
888-447-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Seven million children suffer from asthma more than any other chronic disease. Most asthma attacks are caused by allergic reactions to allergens, including those left behind by cockroaches and mice. In fact, 82% of U.S. households contain mouse allergens, and cockroaches are found in up to 98% of urban homes. How can you protect your family? Find out at PestWorld.org. A message from the National Pest Management Association and the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Spiritualism is the topic, something we haven't really covered that much on the PowerCast. And, of course, in recent weeks has been very UFO-oriented or UAP-oriented or whatever, or UAP-oriented. I like that. We have Shannon Taggart, and we're talking about her journey to discover spiritualism. But you're suggesting here sometimes that just pretending that you're having these readings generates or primes the pump to have the genuine experience. It almost reminds me of the Whoopi Goldberg character in the movie Ghost, where she's a fake, and she's doing these cold readings or whatever, and suddenly she sees the ghost. Yes, yes, I I believe that that's one possibility. And I know that generally the stereotype is that mediums are frauds and phonies. And I know that there's been a lot of famous accounts of discovering fraud within mediumship. But in my experience, I mainly encountered very sincere practitioners who felt like their work was a calling. And maybe sometimes I met people who were misguided or weren't as good as they thought they were. But for the most part, Everybody I dealt with sincerely believed that they had gifts and that they were doing real uh, mediumistic work. And it was very different. The mediums I met in Lilydale was very different from the stereotype you see in media. You mentioned the Whoopi Goldberg moment in Ghost. There's also a book, famous book called The Psychic Mafia, which has just recently been the topic of a big BBC podcast. A friend of mine, William Rauscher, was a co-author on that. And there's a similar story within that. He was a medium who was faking things. And towards the end, he gives a ring to a woman. And it turns out 
you know, I haven't read it in a long time, but something happens where he gives somebody actually something genuine that they had been missing. He kind of, it kind of surprises him that something, something real evolves out of his fake mediumship. Did you get a chance to talk much to these mediums about their background in addition to that? Uh, yeah. Well, one of the most surprising things to me was, you know, some people are just born mediums and they come to the work naturally. Others have a loss or a traumatic experience and that how that's how it's brought to them. And sometimes that happens later in life. But surprisingly, some mediums actually train to be mediums. And I didn't know that you could learn to be a medium. I just thought you had to naturally have this gift. But in spiritualism, they call it development. And all mediums work on their own development. And they believe every, anybody can be a medium. It's kind of like playing the piano. Anybody can learn how to play the piano. Some people are great at it. Other people can play chopsticks. And one of the most wonderful mediums I've known in Lilydale, Lynn Forget, she studied. You know, she became interested and studied. She wasn't brought to it in any other way. She decided she wanted to be a medium and started working at it. So I, I found that aspect really interesting, how mediums come to it from in different ways. So uh, perhaps you should uh, uh, just briefly tell our audience just what exactly spiritualism is. There could be a lot of people out there that don't even realize that uh, this exists. So spiritualism is an American-born religion that started in 1848 in upstate New York, right in an area called the Burned Over District, which is also where Mormonism happened, and there was a lot of utopian communities. The Seventh-day Adventists started there. It was kind of like a hotbed of metaphysical activity, and there were lots of different also prophets and many different sects that emerged. I think it was over 30 different movements came from that area. But in 1848, these two young sisters, Kate and Margaret Fox, are credited with the inception of spiritualism because they were living in a cabin house that had been haunted, and they started communicating with a spirit who was said to be buried beneath the cabin. They All the neighbors came and were kind of observing and witnessing this coded knock communication with the spirit, and it kind of set off like wildfire, and then they were asked to present their technique of coded knocking with talking to spirits on stage in Rochester, New York, and thus the seance was born and the occupation of medium was invented, and it spread like wildfire throughout the Western world. It became incredibly popular in the United States and in England, the UK. It went to France and kind of morphed into something called spiritism, which you may or may not have also heard of, but that's a little bit different. It's the French version that then traveled around the world in a different aspect. Yeah, spiritism is extremely popular in uh, South America, especially like uh, Brazil and some of those countries. Yeah, it, it traveled from France through the, the colonization and then mixed with the other indigenous religions. And, and, and so I would say, you know, Brazil is probably the place in the world where spiritualism as spiritism in a form of spiritism is the most alive, you know, the most pra practitioners. In America, it's kind of a forgotten faith or, you know, it's it's on the downturn. Not many people know about it, but it was a really big movement when it first emerged. But there are still 
spiritualist camps, as they like to call them, located in the United States. I know that there's, uh, you know, there's Lilydale, there's one in Florida, there's one in Indiana. Here in Indiana, there there are still spiritualist churches, like in uh, Indianapolis and, uh, and and Terre Haute, and and I'm sure scattered across the country still as well. Yes, yeah, in, in Maine. There's Camp Etna, and yeah, Florida has Casadega, New York has Lilydale, but they're not as populated and as, you know, it's it's not as popular in culture. Um, England, it seems to be there are more churches than there are in the United States, but yes, there's also spiritualist churches around the entire country. So then, uh, what was what was the beginning of your journey? You talked about the uh, the message that your cousin had received. I mean, how did you decide that uh, you know you wanted to uh, 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 involve your photography uh, in this? Well, so I went to college and studied photography, and then after I graduated, I was working as a photo. I was working in newspapers, and I was doing some public relations photography and some newspaper photography. And I was kind of, you know, not that excited by my daily assignments. And I wanted to do a documentary project on my own where I could just be creative and do something interesting uh, for myself. And so I thought, oh, Lilydale, you know, I've always wondered about Lilydale since, you know, my cousin had gotten that message. So I proposed a project to their board of directors, and they gave me permission to come during the summer of 2001 to make some pictures. And I sincerely thought that I would be there a few weeks during that summer making, you know, a short photo project about this quirky little town um, that was, you know, filled with very interesting characters, you know, a lot of really, um, you know, fun people who tell very a lot of lot of a lot of dramatic um interactions i had with the people of the town let's thought- do our break here we've got more with shannon jean and tim you're in the paracast <laughs> Visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of Trust Link Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. USA Radio News with Wendy King. 
People in Ukraine are crying out for help. So far, over a million people have fled the Russian invasion. Cities are now under siege, and some people are trapped because bridges and other exits have been blocked. Russian President Vladimir Putin says any attempt at a no-fly zone over Ukraine will be considered to be participation in the armed conflict. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with the Polish foreign minister at the border between Poland and Ukraine. He acknowledged the major role Poland is playing in taking in massive numbers of Ukrainian refugees. As of today, more than 700,000 people have been forced to flee the violence perpetrated by Russia by crossing the border from Ukraine to Poland. The meeting came as a brief ceasefire in two Ukrainian cities near the border broke down. The halt in violence was supposed to allow more people to leave. This is USA Radio News. A federal appeals court on Friday ruled that the Biden administration may expel migrants under a Trump-era policy to limit the spread of COVID-19, but block the U.S. government from sending them to locations where they face danger. The District of Columbia U.S. Circuit Court in part upheld the government's use of Title 42, a policy put into effect March 2020 to expel more than one million migrants without hearing their asylum cases since the start of the pandemic. The panel, however, determined that the families who challenged the use of Title 42 were likely to succeed on their claims that U.S. laws prevent the government from sending them back to countries where they could face harm. The Title 42 policy was enacted by former President Trump in March of 2020 with the stated purpose of preventing those who cross the border illegally from potentially spreading the coronavirus. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, we continue with the journey of Shannon Taggart to discover the secrets of spiritualism. I had one question before we go on with your description there about the spiritualist camp. Is this something young people are even now getting into? Because you think mediums tend to be older, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, George Hansen, again, he's made the observation that in spiritualism, you have the 80-year-olds mentoring the 60-year-olds. You know, that you do, you have like a lot of, and a lot of the mediums, yeah, are definitely older. But today I've noticed there is a lot of interest with pagan communities or 
the feminist witchcraft movement. They, they have an interest in spiritualism, but it's not an easy fit because spiritualists, they really see themselves not as occultists or as pagans or anything like that. Spiritualism is trying to bridge the gap between science and religion and philosophy. And the spiritualism sees itself as, you know, a rationalist act um, that talking to the dead is part of natural law and that it will be proved by science. Everything that they do is an effort to try and prove that we live beyond death. Um, they revere sci scientific method. Nothing is hidden. You know, everything is out in the open. It's not like um, a magical circle where some of those rituals are, you know, you have to be initiated or they're private. Uh, so there's a lot of difference. But it's interesting to see that the younger people drawn to spiritualism, I would say, are definitely from the pagan community. All right. Well, continue then with uh, how you got uh, started at uh, Lilydale with your uh, photography project. Oh, yeah. So I expected to spend this one summer in Lilydale, and I ended up, you know, becoming enthralled with the history of spiritualism, which was something that I had never learned about before. It was written out of every single textbook I had ever studied from. And it was the spiritualists in Lilydale who taught me that spiritualism was once a popular movement. It was part of culture. Some of the most famous scientists in the history of civilization were involved with spiritualism and investigated seances. And I also discovered that spiritualism and photography had been linked since their beginnings and that there was a lot of experimentation with the photographic process and trying to prove spirits and spiritualism, you know, and that really blew my mind because here I was a photographer not knowing that there was this really fascinating history uh, between spiritualism and photography itself. Oh, yeah, you go and uh, uh, you look at... I mean, almost right from the beginning of photography, there were people taking pictures of spirits. You know, now, you know, some of them obviously appeared to be you know, fudged a little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that that just adds to the whole uh, uh, fun of it all, actually. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, with some of these uh, photographs, I mean, there were also photographs of, of uh, uh, people expelling uh, what was uh, called ectoplasm with like little faces, you know, embedded in them. Yes, yes. So these pictures were not in the photography history books that I studied from. You know, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology, which is a big photo school uh, in upstate New York. And, you know, I, I didn't hear of this, it, even though we studied the history of photography extensively. It just wasn't talked about then in, in, in that context. Now it's much there's a much more awareness about this type of photography. But yeah, when I when I first saw the ectoplasm images, that really blew my mind. I became really compelled to do research about those images and find out what they meant. I, I wanted to understand what ectoplasm even was. You know, I had first heard of it in Ghostbusters, but I needed to figure out what it meant to spiritualists. So we have... Uh, uh the ectoplasm 
in Ghostbusters. So now in spiritualism, what is it? So spiritualists, uh, ectoplasm is a, it's a paradox. It's uh, it's a substance that's supposed to be both spiritual and material, and it it it's a substance that links life and death. And so it, it it's a substance that can be used by spirits to show their forms in the material world. Um, and there's a lot of lore surrounding what ectoplasm is and where it comes from. And it's, um, you know, supposedly photosensitive. It has to develop in the dark. If you touch a medium when they're um, producing ectoplasm, you can shock their bodies um, because it's drawn from material that comes out of the body. Uh, It's very, um, I guess you you could call it like a holy type substance in spiritualism, although they actually tried to study it scientifically. Um, And so, there's a lot of lore surrounding ectoplasm. There's also been a lot of fraud and exposures of fraudulent ectoplasm. And so, it's just, it's a really hot button topic in spiritualism even today. Let me ask you about the fraudulent ectoplasm. How do you do that? Um, Well, again, that that book I, I mentioned earlier, The Psychic Mafia, he kind of describes certain ways of doing it. Um, Supposedly, some mediums regurgitated ectoplasm or had it hidden in different parts of their body and then brought it out, kind of like a magic trick. Regurgitating Um, what, though? Oh, uh, so ectoplasm often looks like cheesecloth or white gauze material or like a light um, linen. It it has that appearance in the photographs. Um, But you know, one of the big scientists who studied ectoplasm, Shrek, uh, Baron von Schrecknatzing, used to say, oh, these photographs are terrible because ectoplasm really doesn't look like that. The photographs make them look fake, make it look like two-dimensional cloth. But when you really see it with your eyes, it's like a form that jumps to life. And in fact, the term ectoplasm was, it was named by uh, Charles Roche, who's a Nobel laureate in medicine. So these were very serious people uh, early on taking ectoplasm very seriously. So it's really, you know, it's a conundrum. It's, there's a, there's a lot of drama involved with ectoplasm. Oh, we've got to talk about that, but just a quick question. And that is, if it looks like cloth in the photo, how do we know it's not cloth? Well, we don't. Now, that's, that's a good question here, too. Dan Aykroyd did the intro to your book. Did he talk to you at all about his influences, for example, in co-writing Ghostbusters? Um, we didn't directly talk about that, but I did know a lot because, you know, his father, Peter, who's his since passed, he wrote a wonderful book called The History of Ghosts, where they, he talks about the, the family history. And, um, you know, I highly recommend it. It was his, his father knew a lot about spiritualism and um, wrote very honestly about, um, you know, he was skeptical about certain aspects of it, for sure. And, um, you know, Ghostbusters was largely inspired by... Um, uh, Dan Eckward's great grandfather, 
who would do séances in uh, Canada, where they're where they're the Accords are from, and even in my in my book, I was able to use a picture of of uh, the great grandfather Samuel at Lilydale. He had had a spirit photograph taken, so that was pretty interesting. So. Yeah, I think the the séance notes directly inspired the script, but you know, Ghostbusters is its own wonderful thing, of course. And obviously, it's a comedy. It's a buddy comedy. It's a fascinating movie, and I don't think any of the sequels or reboots came close to the original. It was something in and of itself. Shannon Taggart joins us. We're talking about spiritualism and ectoplasm and all that good stuff. With Gene and Shannon and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, the markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control. But you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Iberoa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in this free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call them toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. 
Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. The first 10 amendments to our country's constitution were adopted in 1791. The first of these broadly protects the rights of free speech and free press. Free speech means the free and public expression of opinions without censorship, interference, and restraint by the government. 231 years later, free speech across America is under chronic and insidious attack. GCN is under attack. Your freedom is currently under siege from those who do not want you to know the truth. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to continue telling you the truth. Would you like to join us? If so, please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. From there, you can learn more about what's happening. You may click follow, share, give, and pray. I'm Vincent Finelli. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Right now, Tim Swartz is not covered in ectoplasm. And that's an interesting question here about ectoplasm. We're going to look at the, the makeup of this. Can you physically touch it or is it just something that's visible? Yeah, it's you're it's supposedly very dangerous to touch ectoplasm. So that's why, you know, when you go into a séance and there's a medium who's said that they will produce ectoplasm, you are required to promise to stay in your seat and not get up. And you know, they're on the skeptical side, people would say, well, that's because they want control of the room and because it's a magic trick. But spiritualists argue that no, it's because ectoplasm is very dangerous, it's very potent, it comes out of the body, it can snap back into the medium and make them very sick or burn them. So yeah, like I said, I, there's tons of drama surrounding it. And, you know, a lot of people in spiritualism believe that they need spiritualism needs to move on from ectoplasm that we don't we shouldn't be trying to produce ectoplasm or even you know even focusing on it but then others believe that well it's been around since the beginning of spiritualism and these dark room seances are a big part of what the practice is so there's multiple camps in in spiritualism about what what the way forward really is Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong in this, but uh, um, wasn't it believed that actual uh, materializations in the uh, seance room was a product of ectoplasm, and then you had these figures who would go around the room and you know touch uh, and uh, interact with uh, people in the circles? I mean, is this uh, uh, the same as ectoplasm, or once it uh, materializes as a figure? Then it kind of uh, has an independence away from the uh, the medium. Well, yeah, uh, materialization is the ultimate ectoplasmic act. That's as far as you can take ectoplasm. That's usually the goal is to create like a full materialization. And um, some of the first photographs in taken in spiritualism were by the scientist William Crookes 
who was one of the most famous scientists of the day. He, his inventions paved the way for television, the Crookes tube, and he was one of the first to photograph seances, and he photographed um, the first materialization, which happened in his living room, of a spirit named Katie King, and those are among the, some of the most famous spirit photographs. So let me just get this clarified, because not everybody's an expert on spiritualism. The ectoplasm is kind of the symptom or what's ejected as a result of the experience. What about the actual individual? Does each individual have its own ectoplasm? Also, I have to uh, state before I answer that in spiritualism, there is no dogma or official text. You know, a lot of people describe ectoplasm one way or have different theories about ectoplasm. But generally, uh, ectoplasm is this white, oozy substance that comes into the seance room in the dark. It emerges from the medium's body and may take energy from the sitter's body and combine to create this white gauzy form that is ectoplasm and if you do it correctly or the 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 best intended ectoplasmic seance would produce a full materialization which often looks like a person walking around in a sheet so it's a very you know i mean there's multiple ways to look at it but that's pretty much what the photographs look like is figures in sheets that's what the visual looks like so that's why we get the image that when there's a ghost the ghost is not wearing his clothing as opposed to what the character in ghost did the individual is wearing a sheet yes it's kind of almost like the hospital where you wear the hospital gown and that's almost sheet-like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I mean, in in the late 1800s, there were a lot of serious people experimenting and um, researching such seances, in, including uh, Marie Curie, who uh, invented or, you know, discovered radiation. Her and her husband actually investigated seances. Um with the Italian medium Giuseppe Palladino. There were, I mean, a lot of these names of the scientists, they're not familiar to us now, but they were, there was many, many um, very established scientists looking into topics like ectoplasm. Now, where did that go? Nowadays, of course, it's looked at as superstition in large part by the scientific community, right? Uh, yes, I think that spiritualism, the, you know, the intention to prove life after death, you know, it was very complicated and, um, there was no definitive proof produced, you know, nothing was proved beyond a reasonable doubt. Although, um, some researchers argue such as, uh, Stephen Brody has written several books about like looking back at at all of that data and and reassessing and saying, yeah, there was some real, they did get some real results. It just wasn't perfect. And so, you know, it was, and it ended up 
being abandoned because it wasn't, it's not an easy thing to study. It's not an easy thing to prove the paranormal. Well, and it's one of these, these subjects that uh, I think that even if you have the best proof possible, it's still going to be ignored by the scientific community, be, you know, because there's that, that mindset that, uh, you know, unless, uh, you know, you can hold it and, touch it or, you know, prove it in a laboratory, it's not real. Right. And then there's also theories about psi or the paranormal having a, a hiding quality that the, the fraud and the phony look is all meant to throw people off its track or to get people away from it so that the phenomena can still um, exist. And I think those theories are pretty interesting. There's also theories about mediums. You know, this theory that psi or however we want to call it, paranormal forces or spirits, take the path of least resistance. So that if it's easier to have a medium to to have a medium swallow something and regurgitate it than actually build ectoplasm, that that's what they'll do. They'll entrance a medium and inspire them to swallow and regurgitate rather than build the form itself because that takes less energy. And there are reports about the famous medium, Helen Duncan. Her husband said, you know, one time he found her in the bathroom swallowing stuff and she was not in her normal state of mind. She was in another state of mind. Um, like she was entranced and, um, and, you know, that's controversial, too, because I think um, then he took that back. But, you know, it's all very – it's head spinning, the back and forth and the fraud and the accusations and the the phony quality, but the real experiences. You know, it's, it's fascinating stuff, though. Now, we've wanted to have a medium on the Paracast over the years, and they never seem to commit to do it. I mean, we had some people do readings of myself over the years, and they were barely cold readings, I, I guess because I didn't give any audible symbols or clues about anything I was saying, and I'm just using the training in the business in which I am engaged. But whatever it is, we haven't had any interest in this, which is disappointing because if these people are genuine, and I don't know what percentage of people are genuine and what are fakes, but if these people are genuine, certainly they want to come on a national radio show like this. We're heard in the USA on regular radio stations. We're heard all around the world. You think, hey, you know, I'm not just tooting my own horn here. I think it's a place where people are curious, where we ask skeptical questions. And if somebody's got something to show, we'd be happy to talk about it. In fact, that might be an interesting point to go as we explore your journey, Shannon Taggart to write this book, Seance, is how does somebody tell the real from the fake? Interesting thing we should pursue in our next segment, figuring out who is just giving the cold readings, who has it down accurately, and when you see these photos, how do I know it's not just cloth? Or something made up of whole cloth, to use a very bad pun. There are no bad puns in these upcoming announcements. We're talking to Shannon Taggart 
about a topic not dealt with very much in the Paracast, spiritualism with Shannon. Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Yes, that's Tim covered with a different kind of ectoplasm. (laughs) Shannon, all right, the real from the fake, how do I know? If I knew that, I would would maybe be a millionaire. I don't... (laughs) Um, I don't know, and I I think in the par- in all things paranormal, that is not an option. I think a lot of times the tr- the real and the false, the true and the false mix, and that's what makes it so confusing and so enigmatic. You know, I I know mediums who, uh, you know, I have a friend who sees one medium and they got a wonderful, perfect reading that just blew their mind, and then another person goes to the same medium and they hated the experience and thought it was all um, false. So, I don't know. They say Psy is social. Maybe it has to do with personal chemistry um, when when these things happen. And, you know, I don't think it, it's not predictable, but I do think that there is something to mediumship and to spiritualism. And um, what I'm trying to do with my work is not prove the true or the false, but kind of 
uh, raise questions and explore the complexity. Did you personally find people who were just trying to fake you out? Mm, not, not uh, I encountered um, some, I, I've encountered several different types of, of mediums. You know, there's the clairvoyant mediums that just give readings, you know, in the daylight, not even in an altered state of consciousness. It's just kind of like having a conversation like you see on the popular TV shows like the Long Island Medium. And then there's mediums who go into a trance state in a dark in a darkened room or under a red light and they'll give information or speak as spirit guides or try to produce physical phenomena. And then there's another set of mediums that will only perform in pure darkness and they travel around. And so within those different types of mediums, I've met all different types of people. I don't think I've never been in a, a scandal where I, I busted somebody doing something fraudulent, but I'm also not, really an investigator i'm more of um you know an observer who's just looking at it all i'm just as interested in a seance that may be fake as one that may be true just to, to kind of just as a human more almost like an anthropologist in a way um but no i never i never busted anybody um doing something purposely fraudulent i have seen mediums who I question their techniques as in the physical mediumship when they're trying to produce phenomena, but I couldn't say what exactly they were doing. I just wonder here also, this kind of training, if you want to become a medium, and you said you don't need to be born with a talent, it's something you could learn. How long does it take to learn these skills? Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on the person. Uh, I would have to I would have to interview somebody who started like my friend Lynn, who I mentioned, who just started from, you know, she started studying and then became a medium. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. And I also think people, uh, even if they have a natural gift or they start having these experiences, it might take them a while to be able to control them or develop them. That's the big thing is uh, mediums will say, well, when this started happening to me, I had to learn to turn it on and turn it off because I had to live, you know, live my life. And um, so having the discipline to be able to work with it and not let it take over your life is one of the bigger aspects of developing as a medium. When uh, after you got permission to take photographs at uh, at Lilydale, I mean, what uh, uh, what was the reaction of uh, the uh, the mediums and 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 people there? I mean, did they did they welcome you? Were they were they open? You know, happy to see you? Yes, everybody in Lilydale was very welcoming, and in fact, I was probably pretty annoying when I first started because I would just walk around the town and knock on people's doors and ask if they would talk to me or if I could photograph them. 
I mean, this was like really early, you know, it was in 2001. I think I had just started using email. So it was more of a analog process at that point. And, you know, I met wonderful people in the town who were, who taught me all about spiritualism and what they believed and told me about their experiences. And that's, you know, that's where I first learned the history. And they were very patient with me. And I think it the main reason was because they knew I was really genuinely curious and I wasn't trying to debunk anything. I was just trying to learn, even if um, even if at first I didn't understand anything about spiritualism. I knew very little about any of these topics, but they were patient with me. And I think it was because I was genuine, sincerely curious and interested the photographs in your book, I mean, they, they're, they're, they're all wonderful. I mean, I, I, I have a copy myself and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, such, such a great book, but I mean, they range from, I mean, it just, you know, it almost, uh, a lot of them are just like, you know, uh, you know like <laughs> Ma and Pa <laughs> setting, uh, setting in their, in, in their living room surrounded by, uh, their, their collections of, of, of a ports or, 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 or what have you. But, uh, you also have some photographs that you took yourself that ended up, uh, having, odd uh, imagery to it, you know, uh, supernatural, paranormal, uh, you know, however you want to describe it, that you weren't expecting when you when you took them. Yes. So there's um, a lot of different types of photographs in the book, and that's because it is such a complex topic. And also I wanted to document things like spirit paintings or apports or some of the some of the important historical objects. And so those are pretty straightforward documentary photos. But then as I was documenting mediums as they worked, I started having a few happy accidents with my camera. Um, one of the first was when there was a woman, I was in a, a, they called it a transfiguration seance where we passed around a red light and you in transfiguration it's a phenomenon in spiritualism where you sit and you watch a face under red light and see if the face morphs or changes and um the, you know they call this transfiguration phenomena so the woman there was a woman sitting with the red flashlight over her face and everybody was about 30 people in the room and everybody in the room was saying oh i see a second face right by your face it's not it's not you, but it sort of looks like you. Maybe it's, oh, maybe it's your grandmother. Or maybe it's your doppelganger. Maybe it's that uh, voodoo priestess, Marie Laveau. And I did not see this second face. I saw a wo woman holding a red flashlight. And I took a picture, and I was trying to make a straightforward picture of the woman holding the flashlight. But when I got my film back, there was a second face right next to her face. Um, it was obviously you know, done through motion or, or maybe she moved during my exposure, but it was uncanny because it was the perfect visual for what everybody was saying they were seeing clairvoyantly. So um, when that happened and, you know, I had a few other things, I started to really think about, oh, you know, maybe I should be more playful or 
um, allow anomalies into the photographs and see what happens. And that's um, where the most creative artistic aspect of my work comes in. Yeah, that uh, that photograph that you were referring to, it sure doesn't look like, uh, say, like a motion blur or anything like that. The second face is just, I mean, it's it's perfect. Usually, if you get, you know, like if the you know if the medium moved, you know, you'll get that that blurring, you know, uh, stretched out effect. But the second face is floating next to her, and it's just it's just perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Let's have a break her. Shannon, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in disbelief with what's going on in the world. As we all know, global problems are having local consequences. Too many of them. And if the peanut butter really hits the fan, are you ready? Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Now's the time to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. Our food kits will ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Having food storage in your home beats government food lines hands down. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today and prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family. 
family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So our special guest co-host Tim Swartz was describing at the end of the previous segment the look of the picture Shannon, you had a response. So this picture that we're speaking of, it is very eerie because the face is, the second face is like perfectly formed, but there's also like these light streams that seem to be attaching it to the other face. And it's just, if I had tried a million shots and tried to do something better, I couldn't. It was the perfect visual and it was made by accident. So I became really interested in kind of helping create these photographic accidents. I learned about this movement within spiritualism or that was related to spiritualism called instrumental transcommunication. Now, you have some photos on your website. Yes. And these are all ones that you've taken. You know, the book has 150 images of mine, plus it's chock full with historical imagery as well. There's illustrated essays and an illustrated index. So there's only a small sample is up on my website. Though. And um, there, you can probably see more. I also have a press page where um, some other images are, but I, I couldn't put the whole book up on the site. It was just too much. And obviously, you don't get paid if you put everything on the site. <laughs> I mean, we got to be fair about you sitting there writing a book. And if you do work, you expect to be paid for it, because I would expect to be paid for it. But again, this book will be back in print. Oh, yeah. And I cannot wait until it's back in print. It's been really frustrating not having copies out there because I've, you know, I love talking about the work and being like a guest with you, you both. And I just wish that people could get the book. So it'll be really exciting once it's back. Well, certainly I'm a neophyte on this. So I ask dumb questions, which is kind of like a lot of our listeners will ask, although most of them know more than I do. So I'm just trying to understand the phenomenon. And I'm looking at these photos here and I see a woman coming down the stairs. But of course, she's transparent. Oh, yeah, that's that's my portrait sections. Those aren't the spiritualist stuff. If you go to my homepage and, and scroll down that's the spiritualism stuff. But those portrait, my portraits are inspired by my work in spiritualism. 
you know, I, I was trying to learn a, a lot about what happens when you do long exposures and, um, you know, when you try to manipulate things. I wanted to, to do a lot of it on my own so I understood more about cameras and rendering motion. And so that, so those, there's also a portrait section on my website, shannontaggart.com, where I did some of those experiments. So you're trying to produce the effect. Those are basically just portraits of people as they're in motion. And there's a wonderful one of them that I love. It's one of my favorites. He was a, a, a voodoo priest and he came to the, he came to our session and he was dressed in like a, like for business, you know, he came right from his job. And so he was dressed in a, uh, like a business shirt and a pair of pants. And we met at a park and I thought, oh gosh, I don't think his outfit's going to work. And so I just had him stand in front of the camera and I said, just move. And he moved his arms. And in the image, he looks like an angel. They look like angel wings. Yeah, those are that that was one of the experiments I did, but it was inspired by the spiritualism images, but it's a different project. I noticed looking at the portraits, well, looking at your homepage of your site, shannontaggart.com, I said, citing, I'm so immersed in UFOs, folks, it's got me completely corrupted. My <laughs> life's due to change seriously. All right. Before we go on, obviously we have some interesting photos there, but one shows the bent spoon. All I can think about is Uri Geller. Tell oh, me the course. story of the bent spoon. Uh, yeah, well, er, it's funny that you mentioned Uri Geller because he gave me a quote for the back of my book, and there's a picture on my site of him holding the book in the press section, and he, he was so generous and really, really nice to me. I asked, I had to ask him a few research questions because, you know, spiritualism in the 70s, after Uri Geller made spoon bending popular, it kind of becomes popular in spiritualist camps, and they don't you know, Uri Geller and the way he bent metal was different from way the way they teach it in spiritualism. In spiritualism, they kind of use it as an exercise of mind over matter, kind of like a metaphor. And so, you'll be handed a utensil and then you'll hold it and maybe meditate on it and, and will it to be soft. And then they'll say, okay, well, when it feels ready, you just bend. And it's unbelievable because you know, you're not sure how you did it or why, but it it's not truly paranormal. You're doing it physically with your hands, but you're willing it to happen. So, it's it's an interesting exercise, and it, it was certainly inspired by Uri Geller, but Uri Geller is a little bit different. He just stares at it sometimes and makes it bend. You have to have strong hands, though. <laughs> Now uh, I will I will say this, uh, uh, Gene and Shannon, that uh, you know back in uh, the seventies, I think it's sort of late seventies, there used to be uh, uh, what were called uh, spoon bending parties. Mm -hmm. And uh, people would uh, uh, come with, like, you know, their own cut cutlery and given instructions on, on how to do it. And uh, I, I went to one one time, brought my own material, and uh, I actually uh, was successful with one where all you had to do is it was, it was like this big heavy-duty uh, spoon and, you know, with just your thumb and forefinger – uh, I was just, you know, like rubbing between the handle and 
the spoon and just all of a sudden it just melted underneath my fingers and just flopped over now I okay mean, just, there was no heat or anything though <laughs> well uh, you know just just from my fingers and this was something that i had brought from home and right. i mean you know it, it wasn't like you know like a thin piece of you know, uh, I think it was like probably stainless steel or so, you know, something like that. But it did. I mean, it, it surprised me completely because, you know, I mean, I always am kind of agnostic when it comes to things like this. But it did. I mean, it just all of a sudden, the the material under my fingers just got really soft. And then the spoon just just flopped over. You know, and uh, okay, I, so I, 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 could, I still have it somewhere. What, what, what you're telling me here, Tim Swartz. Is that I, with the proper skills or with the proper state of mind, can take a spoon out of the kitchen drawer, one of the spoons we have. We mostly use plastic spoons, but we're talking about a metal spoon. Take a metal spoon, fairly thick metal spoon, and will it or make it with my fingers bend. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, but I mean, not with uh, uh, not with any kind of, of physical force, because I mean, you know, I've seen magicians who will do this and using sleight of hand will either, uh, you know, quickly bend it with force. But no, supposedly, you know, I mean, you could uh, under the uh, right kind of instructions and the right kind of environment and the right kind of state of mind, uh, the, the material will just uh, uh, bend on its own. I'll tell you what, we're going to bend these announcements to your way. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) Tim, Shannon, Gene, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky spoke with about 300 U.S. lawmakers. He told them he needs jets and military support in the war with Russia. A ceasefire which was meant to give civilians a chance to escape Ukraine has been violated by Russia. Reports are coming in that Russian shelling continues and citizens are being targeted. The State Department has reissued a travel advisory telling U.S. citizens not to go to Russia due to the war. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Poland working on Russian and Ukrainian negotiations. We will stand together, as we've been standing together, in support of Ukraine and against Russia's unprovoked, unwarranted, premeditated invasion. 
Next week, Vice President Kamala Harris will also visit Poland and Romania. This is USA Radio News. Back-to-back winter storms will head across the central and northeastern U.S. this weekend and early into next week, bringing a wide variety of weather hazards. Snowfall from the first storm will impact a narrow zone and crush a couple of major cities in the Rockies and upper Midwest. The second storm will follow close behind that system and will bring a blast of cold air that will unleash snow on areas in the Midwest and Northeast. The heaviest snow is expected to pile up from southeastern Wyoming to northwestern Nebraska and southwestern South Dakota. Pockets of ice and a wintry mix will pose travel concerns from portions of central Minnesota to northern Wisconsin and northern Michigan. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has announced that they would suspend vaccine requirements and proof of vaccination for indoor venues and restaurants. COVID restrictions in Los Angeles had been lifted a day earlier. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, I won't even comment on that. That's the one-half imitation. He does 27 and a half voices. I do no voices, except this one. Sort of. Shannon Taggart is with us talking about spiritualism, seances. I got into the subject of Ben Spoons from looking at a photo on her site, shannontaggart.com. And I think of an episode, something told to me, I didn't witness it. A woman I knew back in the mid-70s. We dated for a while. Between marriages, you know, that thing happens. And one day she tells me she was watching Uri Geller on TV. That's when he was really popular and very frequent guest on shows. And she has a spoon in her hand, and she looks down at it after he does his spoon-bending routine, and it's bent. But she has no idea how it happened. She didn't remember manipulating it or anything. It was just bent. That's the story. Yeah, there was a lot of reports like that. And supposedly, he would also do the thing with um, broken clocks, where on television he would have people bring their broken clocks in front of the television and then try to fix them or, you know, like send out vibes to fix them. And people claimed that the the clocks would then work. And then people even said, even if they watched 
a recording of him doing this with a broken clock that that it still worked. It won't work with an Apple Watch, nor will it work with my broken watch here. I have one of these watches I bought a few years ago that is powered with a little battery. So he wouldn't recharge that battery, unfortunately. Yeah, so um, it is interesting. There's lots of accounts of people saying that seeing Uri Geller do work created paranormal phenomena where they were, even though they weren't in the room with him. Now, there are a lot of skeptics who went after Uri Geller over the years and who claimed to be able to duplicate his things, his stunts. One, of course, was the late James Randi or the Amazing Randi. That was one of his stocks in trade. He could duplicate anything Uri Geller can demonstrate. Yeah, yeah. The Amazing Randi um, is another controversial figure. You know, there's a lot of people who are critical of him as well and that, say that, you know, he was not really able to reproduce all the things that he claimed to. And, you know, there was recently a documentary about him. I know he's since passed. Randy is somebody I knew back in the 60s. He ran a radio show on WOR radio, a talk show. This is after Long John Nebel, the guy who invented paranormal talk radio way before Art Bell moved to another station, I think WMCA. And Randy does the show. And at that time, he seemed a pretty straight-ahead guy. He wasn't obsessively involved in being a skeptic. That came later. Just a point of information. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, uh, there have always been you know, magicians especially who have had it in for, you know, say like especially like the spiritualists. I mean, you look at Harry Houdini, who was not opposed to the idea of life after death. He just felt that there were a lot of of fakers out there who were basically just uh, fooling people to to make money. In fact, there's a uh, there's a photograph, and I think that uh, uh, Shannon has this one, of Houdini producing uh, uh, ectoplasm with like a, uh, a a spirit face, you know, involved in it. But uh, just because a magician can duplicate paranormal phenomena doesn't mean that all paranormal phenomena is fake. Yeah, Houdini is an interesting figure in within spiritualism because. Yeah, he was he really desperately wanted to speak to his deceased mother and one of the big events that turned him off was he was friends with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes, and Conan Doyle's wife did some mediumship and she I think she did a, wrote a spirit letter and there was a cross on it and Harry Houdini said my mother was Jewish she would never have drawn a cross and he was like very offended. And he never did get believable communication with his mother. He also hated ectoplasm. He was completely disgusted by the idea. In in one of his biographies, he uh, his autobiography or uh, a magician among the spirits. There's a chapter called "Why Ectoplasm," and he talks about like how just the idea of this gross, disgusting substance just was completely offended him. And then he famously studied the medium Marjorie, uh, Marjorie the medium, Marjorie, uh, 
Mina Crandon from Boston. And there was a big Scientific America award to try to prove that Marjorie was fraudulent. And she had all these investigators um, kind of taken in and believing that she may be real. And Houdini built a box to put her in and she could still do some of the, her mediumistic feats with these with within this box. So Houdini had his assistant plant a ruler in the box and then accused Marjorie of planting the ruler and um and accused her of fraud and using this ruler and after Houdini's death the assistant admitted that that he was asked to put the ruler in the box because Houdini really couldn't totally figure out what exactly Marjorie was doing. Um, and there's a great book about that whole thing. It's called The Witch of Lime Street. It came out semi-recently, I think maybe 2015. There were also efforts to contact Houdini from beyond. Yes. After his death. But they never amounted to anything. Am I correct? Yes. I mean, the medium Arthur Ford was kind of involved in a seance, and I don't know all the exact details, but supposedly he was sleeping with Bess Houdini after Houdini's death, and he claimed that he got the word, and then it was, I think it was debunked. I'm not certain of all the details, but I know Arthur Ford was at one time claiming he had gotten the word that Houdini left after he died. But every every Halloween, they the magicians do the Houdini seance, trying to speak with the spirit of Houdini. If they obviously could attract his talent, that would be one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Supposedly with uh, uh, Arthur Ford, the, it was a it was a code of various words like pray love and each one of those words represented a letter in the alphabet with the final message being uh, believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then um, wasn't he? Though so wasn't it debunked that he actually knew the code though? Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm, uh, that 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 I don't. I mm-hmm. I, I could. I mean, you know, nat- naturally, there's always going to be you know controversy over something like that. Yeah. I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard that uh, that he possibly had been uh, in a relationship with uh, uh, Houdini's uh, uh, widow. Well, that's yeah. That's one of the theories, but I don't know if it was true. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like something that somebody would bring up. You know, I mean, that that seems to be an easy route to tar- try to debunk somebody's results. Right, but a personal relationship with somebody doesn't mean that that person is therefore interested in faking it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know that it necessarily connects, except you can't say you're totally independent. It might show some kind of bias on your part in favor of this, but then I don't know. I can't say I believe or disbelieve because I simply do not know. So now, um, the project uh, uh, with your photo- you know photographs. I mean, was this a um, was this a linear uh, 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 journey? I mean, uh, uh, from when you started in two thousand one until uh, the book finally came out. I mean, were you uh, working on this every year? Before uh- we have that answer, let's leave a cliffhanger like they do in the movies and TV shows now. 
Shannon, Gene, and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Al Aberroa, founder of Ninth Strategic Wealth. Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm going to share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money to brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE 
for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. His mouth is covered with ectoplasm, Tim Swartz. Talking through a trumpet. Shannon, you have an answer for Tim's query. Oh, yes. So I worked pretty seriously on my spiritualism project from 2001 until through 2004. After those years, I became very frustrated and I I didn't really feel like I was being true to the psychological reality of the events I was witnessing. I mean, how do you photograph the invisible? How do you show invisible presence and, you know, working with a visible body. And I, I kind of felt like spiritualism was maybe was not something that could really even be photographed. And I didn't think that I would ever see anybody producing ectoplasm or be in a situation where it was even tried because that early on, I couldn't find people actually try, saying they could produce real, you know, ectoplasm like you saw in the photos. So, I took a break and I thought I would just never finish the project. I mean, I, you know, I worked really hard on it all those years and then it just kind of fell flat. But during that break of about another four years, I couldn't stop thinking about spiritualism. During that period is when I did my, my portrait series. And, but, and then on the side, I was reading about spiritualism and studying parapsychology and, the history of religion and the anthropology of ritual. Like, I really did a deep dive into a lot of that material. And I think the big moment for me was finding George Hansen's book, The Trickster and the Paranormal, and realizing that, oh, it doesn't have to be true or false. This stuff is inherently ambiguous, and I can just appreciate it for all its strangeness. And you know, the humor and the stuff that's spooky or seemingly real is all interconnected, like all the absurdity. It's all part of what is paranormal. So then I, I continued on, but in a very with a very different attitude, with a very different kind of frame of mind after I started. I guess I picked it back up in around 2010. When did you decide that uh, you would take this and uh, put it into a book? So... I didn't really know when I would be finished until I did. One of the big moments was meeting the medium, the German medium Kai Mugi. And Kai is probably one of the most controversial figures in spiritualism or in seances. You either love him or hate him. You know, some spiritualists won't even speak to me or let me photograph around them because I've photographed Kai. I mean, that's how mm. much animosity he inspires in some people. But around, 
I guess it was around 2008, he, Kai Mugi, started a blog about his ectoplasmic seances and showing pictures of himself producing ectoplasm like you see in the vintage images. And so I started to online correspond with Kai, but I didn't get to meet and photograph him until 2013. And so that was a big moment for my project because he produced, he he did the ectoplasm seances just like you see in the vintage pictures. And I was able to photograph that. And then after that, I also, I mentioned earlier, I discovered this um, movement called instrumental transcommunication, which is when you use mediumship in combination with cameras or video or like the one of the popular practices of, I, it's ITC is short for instrumental transcommunication. One of the popular elements is EVP, electronic voice phenomena. I don't know if you've ever done a show on EVP. Mm-hmm. Yes, we um, have. I might even look up the dates as we go on, but we've played some of okay. the recordings on the PowerCast over the years. Okay. What what researcher did you have on? Just I'm just curious if I know. Who the- I have to look that up. Okay. Um, but yes. I think Esposito, is it? Mm. I have to look it up. Yeah, you know, I started to learn about these practices where they're using electronic electronic technology in combination with mediumship to produce, you know, material uh, assets and material. And instrumental transcommunication kind of made its way to it was its own movement. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a specifically spiritualist movement. It was it had evolved. Um, you know, EVP was a whole thing in and of itself that was kind of separate from the spiritualist movement. And then, um, but the skull experiment that happened in the nineties in uh, England, and they created a lot of video and audio and photographs of their controversial seances, which were widely studied by members of the society, society for psychical research. Some people claimed that they had, you know, given the most evidence ever for life after death, and then other people accuse them of fraud. Uh, but so these these images became, or the the skull use of technology inspired other spiritualists to do it. So I also, other than Kai, I also started working with all these spiritualists who are experimenting with technology. Let me just interrupt here and tell our listeners. On October 17th, 2010, and November 6th, 2016, we featured Michael Esposito. Now, Michael worked with our former co-host, Chris O'Brien, on some documentaries. Also, back on December 15th, 2013, David Roundtree was present, and he also talked about EVP work. And as I said, on some of these shows, we did present the audio for your edification. Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's an interesting practice. So, you know, but there, there's a lot of EVP researchers who also experiment with cameras or people who do video, you know, they do the video with the EVP. Um, so, yeah, I started working with some of these uh, practitioners, and one who is featured in my book is a woman named Donna Sinclair Hogan, and I met her in England, and she was, you know, had no paranormal interests until she received a voicemail 
from her dead brother-in-law on her answering machine. And um, he had died in an accident, and she um, arrived home, and there was a, a voicemail left from him. Hi, Donna, this is Neil. And it was time-stamped three days after his death. And so she called uh, British Telecom. She's in the UK, and it's it was a digital device that was, you know, in the actual phone. And she said, you know, something's got to be wrong with your timestamps because I got this voicemail from my brother-in-law, and it was, uh, in it, it was misstated. And they said there is no way it could be misstated. The only we're on Greenwich Mean Time. It's an atomic. It runs with the atomic clock. The only way. It could be wrong as if there was a system meltdown, and that has not happened in years. And she said, well, I got a voicemail from my brother-in-law three days after he died. And the the person on the other end said, well, I wish this was the first time I had heard of this. Mm-hmm. And he told her to Google phone calls from the dead. And so that set her off on this journey, and then I met her. At, at the Spiritualist College, Arthur Finley College. It's a spiritualist learning center in in England near London. And um, it's kind of like a Hogwarts for adult spiritualists. It's a really cool place. By the way, Hogwarts is Harry Potter, for those who don't follow it. <laughs> yes. Okay, the reason I mentioned that is because I saw a couple of the films and could never get into it. But what was it, Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter? Yeah. He is now playing in a biopic, they call it, a biopic of Weird Al Yankovic. Does that even make sense? (laughs) Well, yeah, I want to see that one. I can't wait. (laughs) I guess I can wait. (laughs) I don't know why I brought that up specifically. (laughs) But just, you know, talking about, we started with EVP, and we get into this phenomenon of something appearing in your voicemail with a current date stamp, which is very important, because it's possible for voicemail to be delayed. I've seen that happen, where several days after the message is received, it first shows up on my iPhone, where we have visual voicemail. And I have no explanation for that. Another time, just the other day, in my Gmail account, I got a newsletter that was sent back in November. Mm. Nothing psychic about that, but we got a lot more to come. <laughs> Shannon Taggart, second edition of her book, Seance, is going to be out soon. Our special guest co-host is Tim Swartz. I'm Gene Steinberg. I am not ectoplasm. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The first ten amendments to our country's constitution were adopted in 1791. The first of these broadly protects the rights of free speech and free press. Free speech means the free and public expression of opinions without censorship, interference, and restraint by the government. 231 years later, free speech across America is under chronic and insidious attack. GCN is under attack. Your freedom is currently under siege from those who do not want you to know the truth. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to continue telling you the truth. Would you like to join us? If so, please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. From there, you can learn more about what's happening. You may click follow, share, give, and pray. I'm Vincent Finelli. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Oh, yes, Shannon Taggart joining us. We're trying to go through all these mysteries, the EVPs, the ectoplasm. Okay, another photo on your side. This is the home page, so it's got to be something that's has some kind of real source there. Now, before I describe the picture, you'll know what I'm talking about, Shannon, when I talk about a music video. Back in the 1980s, from the album Cloud Nine from George Harrison, produced by Jeff Lynne, and on some of those tracks, Ringo played the drums, and this one he did. He sings When We Was Fab. And this was him recalling in kind of a, a drug-filled days, the way the lyrics are written, his days with the Beatles. And during the video, you see a second set of hands come out. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Wow. So, all right. Then I have a picture it looks black and white, and it shows this long hand coming out of somebody's mouth. What's the story behind that? Oh, yeah, that's, um, that is an ectoplasmic manifestation by Kai Mugi, the medium I had mentioned earlier. And I made a stop-motion short film of that, of the it looks like a glove or a hand just emerging from his mouth. And that's, you know, part of Kai's seance. And, you know, Kai has been studied by uh, a few contemporary parapsychologists, one of whom is uh, Stephen Browdy, the researcher, Stephen Browdy. And, um, you know, one of the researchers accused Kai of fraud. And uh, so then he stopped submitting to such uh, scrutiny, but that that is an image of Kai. Um, Hands seem to come up 
quite a bit in seances. There's a lot of famous spirit photographs of like emerging hands or hands that look like gloves coming out of mouths. And one of the stranger experiences I've had while photographing was uh, of a medium named Gordon Garforth, who, when I first met him, he told me, oh yeah, ecto I use ectoplasm changes the shape of my my hands and my face. And when he told me, he said, you'll see in my seance. And when he told me this, I was kind of skeptical because sometimes people tell you you're going to see things in these situations that you don't end up seeing. So I went with an open mind, but I was, you know, I wasn't expecting anything. And I sat in the front row and he was under a red light and it was a pretty bright red light. And about 20 minutes in, his wife said, okay, well, now he's, Gordon, they're going to work with his hands and change the shape of his hands with ectoplasm. And Gordon, the medium, held out his hand and just moved it in front of his body. And it looked as if it just skipped into this huge, gigantic hand. And it did not look like a trick. It looked as if his flesh just transformed into this big hand and then you know a minute later it was back to normal and when this happened i screamed inside the seance room and and you know that's very impolite to do in a seance and it's really you know you can get in a lot of trouble for doing that because it supposedly will bring a medium out of a trance but i couldn't help it because it was so shocking and then everybody else in the room started screaming too and i was thinking are they screaming because they see this gigantic hand or are they just screaming because I screamed? And, uh, you know, did I hypnotically render this hand because it was suggested to me? You know, I did take a picture and I was convinced after I got out of there and looked at my my camera that it would be a small hand and that, you know, I would have just kind of hallucinated. But when I did get the image back, it was a gigantic hand, and I cannot explain it. People tell me it looks like a glove. It did not look like a glove when it happened. It looked 100% real with my, when I was looking with my eyes. It was very magical. So you look at this and you think, that's a real hand. I can go over there and shake the hand. Yeah, it looked like it looked like one of those gigantic, you know, you know, the, the, when you go to a football stadium and they have those big hands like the they wave those big foam hands from the crowd. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but um, mm -hmm. it looked like one of those big foam hands. It was so scary. I mean, scary and like this and not like, you know, I wasn't I didn't think anything the medium was going to do anything bad or anything like that. It was just visually shocking. I mean, really, truly shocking. It was one of the most shocking moments I've had that I've encountered over this, these, you know, now it's 20 years I've been working on this. And, um, yeah, that was pretty memorable. Now, during this time, did the medium feel anything? I mean, if something comes out of my mouth and my throat, and I've had examinations of my vocal cords, where they stick something down, and I guess it's your th nose, but it goes down there, and you think, my God, this is coming out of his mouth. What did he feel? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of, like Gordon, the, the man I just mentioned, like, he often says, you know, he doesn't remember what happens when he's in trance. So, they, you know, it's hard Maybe to know. Maybe he's better off. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was just a very, I don't know how to explain it, but I love i love that the picture is mysterious. You know, some one person looks at it and says, oh, yeah, it's obviously a fake glove. And another person looks at it and says, it's obviously your camera to, blurred and the, the hand was moving and it just looks like a big hand. And then other people say, I bet you he, his hand went big. I, I love that um, it's up to the interpretation of the viewer and that there's some mystery to the image. Now, besides the, uh, the picture that you had talked about earlier with the, uh, the, the double ganger face, uh, were there any photographs that you took that, uh, you know, the circumstances, uh, you know, you didn't say anything, everything seemed uh, relatively normal, but then, uh, after you, uh, developed the photograph, you're like, well, what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the early moments was I was photographing in the Lilydale Museum, and there was a woman, uh, Dorothy, who was uh, working, who's, she's now passed, Dorothy Priest. Um, she was working in the museum, and I was taking pictures of her, and in, I was shooting film at the time, and in two different frames on two different rolls of film, where I got this purple huge purple orb and it was right on her shoulder so it was at the same part of her body in both in both frames but um different you know different rolls of film in different uh areas of the frame so i couldn't figure it out and i printed the pictures and i brought them to her and i said you know when i was taking pictures of you i got this weird purple orb and um she took the pictures in her hands and looked down and like sat there for a long time staring at him and said, Oh, that's Bob. And she met her deceased husband, Bob had appeared in this as this purple orb. And before that, I had never thought there would be any meaning to photographic anomalies like that. I had never even considered that. And in fact, in photo school, they teach you to try to, get those things out of your picture as much as possible, you know, control for flare and um, light leaks and all the, all those sorts of things. And so, um, yeah, that was one of the earlier moments um, early on. And that, uh, that kind of anomaly had, uh, had never showed up with using that camera before. No. And in fact, you know, I know, have you ever had an orb photographer here on the show um, as a guest? Because I know that currently orb photography is quite popular. Well, you know what? What we have had, and this is a devil's advocate position, people who say the orb photos are very much flashes in the lens. There's mm -hmm. no physical thing there. It's just like an illusion created by the reflection of light. But that's yeah. another story. That's about as close as we've come, unfortunately. Shannon, Jean, and Tim. What kind of voice will he present this time? You're in... The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Shannon, unfortunately, that's as close as we've gotten. The suggestion that there's no separate phenomenon there. It's just reflections in the lens. Yeah, there's a lot of literature out there about orbs. And there's even some physicists, I believe their last name is Heinemann, and they claim that they could get orbs still in a clean room. So I would consider... I discovered actually in my research that orb photography is pretty much like the main form of spirit photography of today. You would think that there's no such thing as spirit photography, but yet there are a lot of people doing different types of experiments and the most popular type is orb. So the orb practitioners, they're not really that concerned with people saying it's dust or water or, you know, light, they want to interact with the orbs. So what they do is they do a technique called orb calling where they'll just be in a room and they'll just start asking for the orbs. And so the first pictures don't have any orbs and then the orbs will fill up the room or they'll command the orb to, okay, um, show up on my hand, please. You know, the interaction, the, the conscious interaction is the point of the orb photography. Now, a lot of people will, will also say that the reason people are getting orbs is with these cheaper, you know, user, you know, general cameras that with the small sensors and they have flashes right near the lens. Now, I have a large camera, you know, I, I have a Canon uh, professional camera, Mark IV, and it has a huge sensor on it. And when I use the flash, it's not as close to the lens. And I don't normally get orbs. I, I in fact, I don't even it would be incredibly rare that I would be in a professional situation and get an orb. Of course, I, most people, Shannon, t- these days have Samsung or iPhone cameras. Right. And those cameras right. are remarkably sophisticated. I mean, not the controls of like a separate digital SLR or something, but you could make movies with them. Right. But they, they have um, a different sensor, so uh, the, the the sensors are smaller, so you'd be um, any dust would appear larger, as, and also where the as where the flash is positioned, even on the iPhone, is um, you're more apt to get an orb or something like that. Let's say, but I, I, when I've observed the the orb photographers working. They're not doing anything tricky or they're not shooting into to light or dust or anything. They're actually trying to use their consciousness to call these orbs in and make them appear in the pictures. And um, I was in Sardinia with, uh, for a, a spiritualist conference, and the people who were hosting were orb photographers. or they, That was part of their experiments. And they said okay, well, we go into the mountains where there's sacred land and we get orb photographs. And they showed me these orb photographs with just these frames filled to the brim with orbs. And I thought, wow, those are amazing. I've never, ever gotten anything like that before ever. And I'll come with you and I'll bring my camera, but I'm not going to get any orbs. And the host 
said to me, oh no, if we go into the mountains and we say our prayers, you will get orbs. And so I brought my camera, I followed them into the mountains, they said their prayers, and I took some, I took a few shots. And one of those shots, I have orbs over every square inch of that frame. And it wasn't a dust storm, and it wasn't, uh, you know, there weren't bugs, and it wasn't raining. And I sincerely don't know how I made that picture. But I love the picture because it's really mysterious to me. And as far as you can zoom in on that file, it's orb upon orb upon orb upon orb. So that was another one of my really um, interesting photographic synchronicities. Are the photos that you publish, do you include the meta tags? Um, Well, uh, you mean like on on the Internet? Uh, If I, uh, oh, my metadata? I mean, yeah. some of them might have it. I don't purposely leave it in, but some of them might still have it. But it'd be um, hard to print that in the book, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't print the <laughs> metadata in the book. No, it's just something that you have. Yeah, that's attached to the file. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All of the images in um, my book, I should say, it's anything that's present or any effect is in camera. I'm not like using Photoshop or anything. I'm not interested in that. It's all, it's all done through, you know, an exposure with my camera. Um, do you do that, any editing at all to enhance the brightness and contrast? Yeah, I do enhance brightness and contrast and I do adjust color and, you know, burn in edges, anything you can do in a traditional dark room. Um, I would, I would do um, in Photoshop. And I learned in a traditional darkroom. I didn't learn on a computer. So I'm bringing the, the, I keep in that way, you know, I just use Photoshop as like a digital darkroom. Right, as many of us do, yes. I did work in a traditional darkroom too. I had one in my room, in the second bedroom of the apartment that I lived with my parents back in the 60s early 60s and I set it up with the hypo that's the fixture that retains the image and makes it Mm -hmm. permanent and the odor that it made was not very terrific I just wonder what it did to my lungs no after effects I don't think but my mom tolerated it now I didn't never did color I did black and white Mm, but anyway speaking of cameras equipment and things like that and we've got just a moment left for this segment, then we'll go into the next segment. And that is, what kind of equipment have you used over the years for this? Well, I started out with a 35-millimeter film, and then I shot for one season with a medium format, uh, six, Mamiya 645, which was also film. And then after after I abandoned the project and then picked it back up, I was doing digital, uh, using digital. So, um, and it is, uh, people say, okay, what's best? You know, any kind of camera you want to experiment with is, you know, it's, it's just about what you're most comfortable with. And I don't think any camera, whether it be a user-friendly digital or an old school film camera, I don't think any of them are more or less apt to pick up paranormal phenomena. Um, they're just, you know, different tools. 
But I, in spiritualism, often in seances, they're sitting under red lights and, you know, shooting color film and then printing in a color darkroom was very difficult for red and black. And so um, even some of my earlier pictures, I was able to get a lot more detail out of it after I scanned them. And then even with digital, you know, you, you can go into the shadows and um, pull out more detail and you can go into the highlights and get even more detail. So I am thankful for digital for that. I can get more detail out of the situations. More of the situation in a moment with Shannon, Jean, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Peace talks continue between Russia and Ukraine as the Russian invasion of Ukraine enters its 11th day. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken speaking in Europe on Sunday says countries around the world have to support refugees. The burden has been on neighboring countries uh, like the Republic of Moldova, like Poland and others that uh, are the immediate responders. What we're seeing now is the international community join in to support these countries. At least six people are dead after a tornado rips through Madison County in southern Iowa. The National Weather Service saying the EF3 tornado had wind speeds of 136 miles an hour and touched down Saturday afternoon 30 miles southwest of Des Moines. Iowa's governor issuing a disaster proclamation for Madison County. USA Radio News. Republican governors continue to call on President Biden to increase U.S. energy production following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. CBS News saying 25 of the nation's 28 GOP governors have signed a statement urging the Biden administration to reverse his policies and restore America's energy independence. A new Rasmussen poll asked Americans if a war breaks out in Europe, should the United States military be involved? 49% of voters said yes. The breakdown of the yeses by income level was significant, however. 37% of those making under $30,000 a year said yes, as opposed to 66% of those making $200,000 or more. Crews in Florida are battling 150 wildfires that are burning on over 12,000 acres. The Florida Forest Service has issued a wildfire risk statewide. You're listening to USA Radio News.
Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Tormay, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. To amplify on that question, Shannon Taggart, what brand names of equipment, names and model numbers, did you use over the years? I think I started out with a Canon AE-1, which is an incredibly old school, you know, manual 35 millimeter camera. And now I'm using a Canon Mark IV, which is, you know, a a big uh, professional camera that also shoots video. And, uh, you know, I use a tripod. And in between, I I think I mentioned I used a Mamiya 645 at one time. So this is very traditional in terms of photography. It's not your iPhone or your Samsung Galaxy. It's a real camera. I mean, they're real cameras, too. We understand that. But... The standalone camera does a lot more. Yeah, and one oh one interesting thing I did experiment with during the course of this project is I converted a regular camera into an infrared color camera. So there is some infrared color images within the book that you know, and and you know, an infrared camera you can shoot in complete darkness as long as uh, you have an infrared light source so you know everything could be pitch black but you could still take a picture and i did experiment um with some of those you say you converted does that mean a mechanical change a hardware change there's places where you can send you know you have to have a regular digital camera and then you send it out and they take out part of the sensor you have to destroy the camera pretty much to build it but you know, it then becomes a it then becomes a permanently infrared camera. So you have to have a camera body that you're willing to convert that way. But you can also buy infrared cameras, and I know that there are point and shoot features for infrared, especially on video. And then there's some people in in seances who are using heat sensor cameras. That's one thing I have not experimented with yet, but I would love to. Um, and there's a lot of mediums who play around with those those heat sensing cameras. And I think there's some apps even maybe for the iPhone that you can get for heat sensing. Maybe we can go cover this for a little bit. And by the way, Shannon will also be sticking for after the Paracast, our premium show. But right now on the regular episode of the Paracast, I'd like to ask you here, any hints and tips for listeners out there who say, you know what? I'd like to see if I could do this. Well, my hint or tip would be 
to find a group of like-minded people who you enjoy spending time with who also want to experiment and bring some play and some fun and some sincere camaraderie to it. I'd also advise that you work with people that you trust when you do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the one of the favorite, my favorite parts about experimenting with ITC was the the fun and the interactions with the other experimenters. And I also worked with people who had very sincere practices, who were very serious about, you know, trying to get results. And that's always fun and interesting being around people who are, have um, a sincere practice. So, you know, finding, finding people who inspire you or you like to be around would be a big element. And then also staying in a spirit of experimentation and play. What's your husband think about all this? He's open-minded. He's kind of agnostic. He's um, He thinks it's interesting for sure, and he's a big supporter of my work. And um, every year in Lilydale, New York, I um, host a symposium, and uh, that's listed on my site, and he supports me and comes with me for that. And so for anybody interested, I do host some online events, but also a live event every summer in Lilydale, and you can join my mailing list to find out more about that. And um, yeah, and if you join the mailing list, you'll also find uh, listings about the new book, and then my I'm also working on another book. Um, that should be out in fall 2023. So I encourage anybody who's interested to sign up for my mailing list and go to my site, shannontaggart.com. The new edition of this book, will it be changed at all or just a reprinting? It'll be a redesign. So the original book was a horizontal book uh, with a photo inset on the front, and this one will be vertical. And um, we haven't finalized the cover yet, so it will be it will be the same content. There will also be an extra text essay, and probably that will be illustrated with images. But for, the, for my, all my material will remain the same, and the illustrated essays and the forward by Dan Aykroyd will remain the same. Talking about uh, uh, technology, real quick here. Uh, uh, you worked with a medium by the name of uh, Sylvia Howard, and uh, she was using at uh, uh, one point the uh, Xbox Connect. Oh, yes. Uh, so Sylvia Howard is this amazing medium who I've known for a long time now. And she is a spirit artist, and also she experiments with technology. So she does drawings and paintings, and she hand makes spirit trumpets. And she's just, you know, she's just astounding. She makes um, all, all different types of seance objects. But she also is just as, has this amazing way of being experimental uh, with different te technologies. And so she would, she was using an Xbox camera the last time I was at her home, which is for anybody who does gaming, it's like there's a program that has a motion tracker and you can have the, the tracker track your body. And so it's a tracker that looks like a stick figure and it's only should move when you move your body. So uh, what Sylvia will do is she will sit in her mediums cabinet, which is like, you know, this little structure that mediums build to to build up energy. And she'll have the Xbox Connect camera filming her as she sits in the cabinet. She'll go into trance. 
have the motion tracker track her body and then request that it move on its own without her moving her body. And it, I've seen it do it. It does do it. So um, I don't know what's happening there, but it was really, really fascinating to watch. There's a picture in my book where Sylvia has the tracker shake hands with uh, my friend Donna, who's also in the room, even though she's not moving her body. It's, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I've seen uh, um, ghost hunters take those out in the field and mm. will uh, uh, will get images, you know, of this of this tracker tracking something, something sometimes invisible, uh, sometimes even interacting, you know, with with the ghost hunters. And and uh, we had a we had a guest on. Uh, it's been a few episodes ago, Gene, uh, that. Uh, he was actually a beta tester for, uh, I think it was this device. It may, have, it may have been another one, but I guess that the uh, software engineers who were monitoring couldn't figure out. They were seeing like these these dark blobby shapes floating around in the background of his house, and his house had been uh, experiencing all kinds of uh, bizarre poltergeist experiences at the time, and yet they could see these strange things in the background, but couldn't figure out what was going on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's inter- it's interesting how. Um, Technology has been brought along uh, uh, for these, you know, for these people, for, you know, for these mediums, and how they've taken advantage of this. I mean, you know, you talked about uh, EVPs and and, and ITC, and uh, but uh, uh, despite the fact that we're, you know, like in a scientific modern society, we're able to use these devices for. Things like uh, uh, spiritualism. Yeah, yeah. And um, spiritualism has a long, long history with um, experimenting with technology. So since its early inception, I mean, the Fox sisters who I mentioned earlier, who were the first mediums in the country, they uh, their, their coded knocking was nicknamed the spiritual telegraph. We're going to have the- something here that's not a telegraph. It's just a couple of announcements. More to come with Shannon and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control. But you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Iberoa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Shannon Taggart. Her book, Seance, is due to be republished in a different format. And you mentioned that you also have another book you're working on for 2023 release. What's that about? Another seance kind of book? Well, it's a seance kind of book, but it's not my work. I'm working with 
an archive. I'm working with the sociologist James McLennan on the archives of SORAT. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of that group, but they were a seance group active in Missouri from 1961 until 2015. And Jim and I worked to save the archive. And so we're working on an illustrated book of that material. If uh, you go online, you can find uh, videos of uh, some of the experiments that they did with their, I can't remember the name of like the box that they had, you know, in the basement where things would uh, move around, a pen would write messages, and they did some just absolutely amazing experiments. Yes, yes. Uh, It's a really astounding archive of material. It includes audio, video, letters, the, the notebooks of the seances, and lots and lots of photographs. You had mentioned earlier the Surratt Group from England. Now, they were able to produce images on rolls of film that were, I don't know how to explain it today properly, but the images would go across the film, not on the separate frames, but just appear across the entire roll, you know. Yeah, the Skull Group in England, and they they were active 1993 to 1998, and they did a lot with photography. Yeah, they had these rolls of film that they would put in this lockbox and then develop it and and come out with this scrolled writing. And um, I asked Robin Foy, who was one of the architects of the Skull Experiment, if he was aware of Surratt, and he said, yes, they indeed were, and that a lot of the researchers who studied Skull also studied the Surratt Group. Group, but the Surat Group was a much, much longer endeavor, and they acquire, you know, produced a lot more material just because of the, the length of time they were at work. Yeah, on my previous show, Exploring the Bazaar, we had an author on, and, and now, of course, his, <laughs> his name slips me, but he actually uh, spent a lot of time with that group in St. Louis, wasn't it? (laughs) It was in Rolla, Missouri. Maybe that was James McLennan, Jim McLennan, who who is my collaborator. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. That was the gentleman, and he was a great guest. But, I mean, his experiences uh, uh, with that group, you know, it makes fascinating uh, reading in in his book, and especially the way that he got involved with them, you know, kind of like you with your photography. I mean, he went in looking more for, you know, like a... uh, like a societal uh, type of, of situation and then came out of it just kind of bemused on what was actually going on. Yeah, uh, Jim's book is called The Entity Letters, and it's absolutely excellent. I highly recommend it. And it's been a real trip working with him on this because, you know, he's been involved with it now for SORAT for uh, studying the group for four, over 40 years. So um, I've learned a lot from him. And what I'm bringing, you know, I'm kind of an expert on photography. So, you know, being a professional photographer and also being uh, somebody who studied the topic of paranormal photography. So I'm doing the edit of images, and there will be some text with it as well. In the course of all this, you also still do regular photography, right? Uh, Yes. Yes, I do. But mostly um, right now at the moment, I'm just working on – I'm actually working on three books. I'm I'm also – 
currently working on, so I'm working on the the reissue of Seance and then the Sorat book, and then also um, I'm working on a sequel to Seance. Ah, what areas do you think at this point you'd like to cover that you didn't in the original book? Yeah, you would think that because the first book is so big that I would have gotten everywhere, but I have a full outline of things that I want to explore. And uh, among the topics are uh, the spirit, the topic of spiritualist architecture. Um, there Say is, what? Spiritualist architecture? Yes, yes. So what there, precisely would that mean? Um, so that would be buildings that were made um, through designs given from spirits to people who then, who, you know, people who build buildings claiming that the plans came from the spirit world. So does um, that explain Frank Lloyd Wright? No, I, I don't know if Frank Lloyd Wright was. Frank Lloyd Wright wasn't a spiritualist as far as I know. No, but, he, were, um, he was an architect, he, though. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, I'm kind of kidding here, because his yeah, designs were very unusual. Yes, yes. I. Um, but the, the spiritualist architecture is extremely unusual. There's a house in upstate New York, and I forget the name of it, but a lot of written is written about it in Jocelyn Godwin's book, Upstate Cauldron, which talks about the burned-over district. There's um, a property in Romania that is a really great example of spiritualist architecture. There's the San Jose Mystery House, which many say is not an example of spiritualist architecture, uh, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose. But I would argue that it likely is an example of spiritualist architecture. Um, and, you know, you could make the case that the widow of Winchester, I mean, she was in a seance room channeling the plans from spirits. So I, I don't know why that wouldn't qualify as a spiritualist architecture, but there is debate about how to classify that structure. Is there anything in general one looks for to determine this is spiritualist architecture? Well, it would just be the story behind the property where people are openly saying that the, the plans came from the spirits. So, you know, that that's just one of the topics. I've also been doing some experiments online using Skype or FaceTime or Zoom and making pictures through that technology and, you know, experimenting with time and space in the digital realm and and with photographs. And some of that work was recently shown in Rochester, New York, as, a, as its own show. And then, you know, I have a laundry list of other things that I'm going to explore. And it'll it'll all be different. But I think there's enough material for a, sec- a sequel. Now, where you do your exhibits, that's in Minnesota? Right now, uh, my book is actually as traveling as an exhibition. It was just recently at, in, shown at the University of Maryland at Baltimore. Oh. And there's a show just about the book Seance. Is, uh, that's traveling to the Pensacola Museum of Art, and that will open in fall 2022. And then it will travel on to one or two other venues after that. You know, then I'm going to be involved in another exhibition in Winnipeg in the fall. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of exhibits as well as books. So it's been keeping me busy. And now, of course, with the hope that COVID is fading, maybe you'll go to more places. For listeners who want to know more about what you do, and by the way, Shannon will be back for After the Powercast. Where do they check out your work? 
everything about me is on my website, shannontaggart.com, including my Instagram and Twitter links. And I have a mailing list where I update about events and books and projects and exhibitions. And that link is right on my site as well. And Tim and I have a thousand and one more questions to ask you about your studies into the world of spiritualism and seances and stuff like that. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Also check us out on Facebook. But you will find that, unfortunately, the URL for the Paracast.com, like Tim's site, ConspiracyJournal.com, is not allowed on Facebook because they don't know any better. That's where it is. You can also find branded merchandise with the T-shirts and the caps and the throw pillows and all that good stuff with four different logos at theparacast.shop, theparacast.shop. Our premium show after the Paracast is included. When you subscribe to the Paracast Plus, you also get this show free at the network ads with enhanced audio. For more information, check theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. And special deal, folks, if you use the coupon code UFO20, that's UFO20, we give you a 20% discount on five-year or lifetime subscriptions to the Paracast. Shannon Taggart, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you for having me. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.